there and welcome to the Andrew Staples Show. I am your host, Andrew Staples. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to my podcast. It means the world to me. Uh, as you can tell by the title, this is a Washington Redskins slash Washington football team uh, special episode. Uh, I am a huge uh, fan of the football team and uh, I wanted to break down everything that's going on lately, everything that went on in the offseason through free agency, the draft, the um, coaching staff, just a little bit of everything, and I'm going to give a little bit of a season preview, what I think is going to happen, what I hope happens, and uh, we'll look at some of the players that I think could break out, and uh, we'll just see where this podcast goes. I haven't done a full NFL podcast in a while, and uh, I intended to do draft recaps for every team, and sadly, that that just didn't happen and uh so i wanted to definitely get this team uh podcast up i mean this uh the draft recap free agency recap everything up for the redskins slash washington football team uh up because they are my favorite team and uh i want to talk about them so uh we could talk about recent stuff we will talk about recent stuff excuse me (coughs) but i'm going to talk about how we got here Last season, the team went 3-13. and They fired Jay Gruden early on in the season. Uh, they had wins against the Miami Dolphins, the Detroit Lions, and the Carolina Panthers. All three of those teams picked in the top seven in the draft, so n- none of the wins were impressive. I guess you could say Carolina was impressive because at the time, um, they were they were playing for something. Miami and Detroit were already out of it pretty much. <laughs> Sorry. <coughs> Um, sorry about that. Allergies. I, uh, I, going into last season, and I may have talked about this on a podcast last year, I wasn't expecting much. Uh, we had a coaching staff who, I mean, a coach, a head coach in Jay Gruden that I didn't think was going to be around, uh, very much longer. I didn't think he was going to get fired as early as he did. I'm glad they did, though, because he would have never played Dwayne Haskins, and we needed to see some of Dwayne, uh, even though he wasn't totally ready but again he didn't have a coaching staff that believed in him uh and he didn't you know the team didn't know from what we heard that they didn't know that they weren't going to have their all pro future hall of fame left tackle playing for them when trent williams held out and you know injuries and things like that just with jordan reed getting hurt in the preseason never playing another game in a redskin uniform again i mean just things you didn't you couldn't predict and so three and thirteen wasn't surprising. In some ways, I'm surprised they got three wins, as bad as they looked sometimes. But uh, I, I'm glad they fired Jay Gruden. Like I said, they needed to make the move. I thought they should have made the move last year, I th- but uh, I don't know who we would have gotten. And if uh, Bruce Allen had led the coaching search, that would have been a disaster. So at the end of the season, I, I even though, like I said, I wasn't expecting much going into the season. There were some pleasant surprises from a couple players and look the outlook was so much more promising after Jay was fired and after Bruce Allen was fired and um, Greg Minuski was fired and look I don't know any of these people personally they all may be great people but those three people right there I mean Jay Gruden's an offensive coordinator Bruce Allen's out of the league and Greg Minuski's a quality control coach at Kentucky so that says all you need to know about the coaching staff we had. Um, Bill Callahan, when he took over as interim coach, I think he did a pretty good job. We had a we had an adult running the show for a little while, and uh, I feel like he um, didn't get enough credit 
for the play of the team because, look, that team could have easily quit on the coaching staff and no one would have blamed them. So, um, again, going back to last season, uh, before training camp started, Trent Williams announced that he was going to hold out and there was a big uh, issue with him and Bruce Allen, him and the trainers, him and uh, the strength and conditioning coach. It was just a mess. And if you believe reports, and th- there were so, so many reports, and you know, just look at what re- went on recently with the team. You can't always believe what's on the internet, and people uh, that uh, are very credible that the Redskins were offered a first-round pick from the New England Patriots. They were offered a first-round pick from the Cleveland Browns for Trent Williams. Um, this was before the season. I do not think I don't think they were offered a first-round pick from Cleveland during the season because Cleveland did not their season didn't go as planned and I don't think they would have been willing to give up, give up a first round pick at the trade deadline for Trent Williams. Now if Trent had played all year and been playing at a high level, maybe, but either way from what I've been told and what I've heard, there were at least two teams that offered first round picks before the season. There was also a rumor going around before Larry Mutunsel was traded to the Texans before the Dolphins traded him to the Texans that the Texans offered a first round pick for Trent. That one I didn't hear as much as I did with Cleveland and New England. So just look at with Cleveland and New England. Cleveland ended up with the 10th pick. New England ended up with the 23rd pick. Let's just say hypothetically Trent adds a win to each of them. Okay, maybe Cleveland has the 13th pick. Maybe New England has the 25th pick, 26th pick, somewhere along in there. Either way, for what we ended up getting for Trent, it's just devastating as far as a as the team goes. Because Trent's an all-pro. Trent's a future Hall of Famer. Trent has been one of the best Redskins that I have ever seen play. And we gave him away for a fifth-round pick in this past draft and a future third-round pick. We traded him to San Francisco. And... If everything goes right, that third round pick from San Francisco is probably going to be closer to a fourth round pick, and so you you didn't get the value for an All Pro. Just like with Kirk, the San Francisco 49ers offered the second pick the year they took Solomon Thomas, the defensive end from Stanford, I believe. Uh, they offered the second overall pick to the Redskins for. Kirk Cousins. The Redskins did not want to help Kyle Shanahan out because of the fallout that they had with Mike and him. And so we didn't get the second pick. And we let Kirk walk, and Kirk went to Minnesota, signed a big deal, and we got the 96th, 96th pick in the draft that year, uh, the next year. And we traded that to the Buffalo Bills for two fourth round picks. They turned into Bryce Love and Wes Martin. So the jury's still out on them. Maybe Bryce Love goes for a thousand yards this year and Wes Martin's your starting left guard for sixteen games. Then it doesn't look as bad, but it's it's not the second overall pick. Now look, that draft was all over the place anyway. Um Mr. Trubisky went with the second pick. So Solomon Thomas with the third. Uh Leonard Fournette was the fourth, I believe. Or fifth, anyway. Uh, either way, there were guys like Jamal Adams and Marshawn Lattimore that I think would have been considered. I think Jonathan Allen would have been considered that high, even though he he fell. Um, but they also could have had Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes if they had taken the second overall picks. So, just uh, another reminder of how bad this team was run. 
and why we're in the mess we're in now. And uh, by letting Kirk walk, you end up getting, you end up having to make a move and you trade a promising young corner in Kendall Fuller, one of the few draft picks, not in the first round that the team has hit on, and you trade a third round pick t- t- to the Kansas City Chiefs for Alex Smith. Um, from what we've been told, Jay Gruden wasn't high on the trade. And look, I, I love Alex Smith. I, I'm, I'm rooting for him. I hope if he wants to come back that he makes it back. I worry about his safety. But he did not play well while he was here. And yes, the record was 6-3, and three, but the team was barely barely winning the, most of those games. And they were like averaging 150 yards passing. And that's just not going to get it done in the NFL. So yeah, they may have snuck into a wild card or some, or maybe won the division that year. I think it would have been more likely a wild card. But, I mean, what were you going to do? With, with those numbers, you weren't going to win a playoff game. And so, I mean, look, you didn't know what was going to happen. Maybe Alex would have played better. We don't know. But I'm just saying, that if you would – or how about this? Keep Kirk. Pay him what he was worth because you got to steal for four years on his rookie contract from a fourth-round pick um, salary. Maybe you just keep Kirk. That would have been the easiest thing to do. And then you don't have to trade a promising young player and a third-round pick for an older quarterback. And then you don't have to turn around and draft Dwayne Haskins the next year. So just looking back at so many bad decisions and why we ended up where we ended up, uh, it finally came to a boiling point last year. And I have hope this year. I mean, not hope for the as far as the the win total, but I do feel like we have adults running the show right now. I think Ron Rivera is a really good coach. I think Jack Del Rio is a really good defensive coordinator. We'll have to see with the offensive coaching staff, but I just feel like we have adults running the show. And who was there anybody? <laughs> At the time, I don't think anybody that I wanted to be the head coach would have would have considered coming here. I was kind of on the Urban Meyer bandwagon. Um, I was trying to think. There was someone else. I can't think of them right now. But I mean, you just look at. I mean, look at the coaches in the league that were here: McVay, Kyle Shanahan, um, the guy in Green Bay's. What's his name? Before. All part of the Shanahan coaching staff and have all gone on to success. I mean, NFC Championship games, Super Bowls, appearances, no wins, but appearances. And so, I mean, we had good players here. I mean, good coaches here and good players here. And what what do we have to show for it? All right. Anyway, so let's just let's dive into what happened this offseason. Let me get my notes here. For a team that didn't really add that much star power as far as free agency went, they did make some moves. Um, first, the move that they tried to make that didn't work, they tried to acquire or they tried to sign uh, Amari Cooper in free agency. I think the reason they didn't go after Austin Hooper, the tight end from the Falcons who ended up signing with Cleveland, I think the reason they weren't so gung-ho on him was because 
they put all their chips in getting the Amari, getting Amari Cooper from Dallas, and they offered him more than Dallas ended up paying him. Of course, there's the tax issue and everything. But anyway, he wanted to go back to Dallas. Who could blame him? A lot better quarterback situation, a lot better coaching staff um, offensively than we have. So can't blame him at all for that. Uh, but I wondered if that's why we weren't in on Austin Hooper more because they thought they were going to get Cooper and couldn't justify paying overpaying for a wide receiver and a tight end. But look, if they had if they had landed either of those players, I would feel a lot more confident about our offense. But they didn't. Uh, the only receiver they really went after and signed was I mean the only receiver they signed they may have been in on other players I don't know but was Cody Latimer. From who played with the Giants last year and hasn't done anything hardly in the league. Uh, as far as other moves went, they traded a fifth-round pick for Kyle Allen, who was familiar, obviously, with R- Rivera and Carolina. Uh, they signed, I guess their big signing was, was bringing Kendall Fuller back, who they traded for Alex Smith. Uh, they signed Ronald Darby, the cornerback from Philadelphia. Sean Davis, the safety who missed all of last year, or most of last year. He was with Pittsburgh. Thomas Davis, who's like pushing 40, linebacker from L.A. who played most of his career in Carolina. Uh, offensive tackle Cornelius Lucas from the Bears. J.D. McKissick, the running back from Detroit. They uh, signed another running back. Was Oh, yeah, Peyton Barber from the Buccaneers. The, they also signed Kevin Pierre-Lewis, linebacker from... Chicago. He's probably going to be a special teamer if he makes the roster. Wes, let me get this right, Schwitzer, the guard from Atlanta, and then Logan Thomas, the tight end from Detroit. And they also signed Jordan Rodgers, the tight end, who's been hurt a lot, played for Green Bay, had a big catch on a Thursday night a few years ago. So that was our free agency haul. Uh, they traded away, obviously, Trent Williams for a fifth and a third. Fifth this year, third next year. They traded away Quentin Dunbar for a fifth this year. Uh, Vernon Davis, the tight end, retired. Eric Flowers left for big money in Miami. Case Keenum went to be back up, to be the backup in Cleveland to Baker Mayfield. Uh, Monte Nicholson, they cut him. He hasn't landed anywhere. Josh Norman was cut. He landed in Buffalo. Jordan Reed just recently signed with the San Francisco 49ers. Chris Thompson followed Jay Gruden to Jacksonville. And that's about it as far as big names go, uh, or recognizable names go. And before I get into the draft, let's just go ahead and dive into the news last week. Uh, Darius Geis was charged with and arrested and charged with multiple accounts of assault or, uh, assault on a, on his girlfriend. And uh, the Redskins cut him, and I can't blame them after everything that went on recently with the uh, scandal of the sexual assault allegations from 15 women to the organization. So... Yeah, so, I mean, I can't blame them for getting rid of Darius. And look, Darius played five games in a possible 32. He's injury-prone. He fell to 59 for a reason. And he's very talented when he can play, but he hasn't been able to play. And between injuries and uh, everything. And I go back, when they drafted Deron Payne in the first round that year of the 2018 draft, there was a lot of scuttlebutt going around that they were going to take Darius Geis at 13. I remember seeing mock drafts because people had been told that they were really high on him. 
And I remember I was cringing because I would never take a running back that high. And uh, I knew there were going to be good players available at 13. And, you know, just look at some of the ones that went uh, right after Deron Payne. I'm glad they took Deron Payne, but there were two players that I was really high on that went uh, 16 and 17 that year, and that was Tremaine Edmonds, the linebacker from Virginia Tech. He went to the Buffalo Bills. And Derwin James, the safety out of Florida State, who went to the Chargers. Both of them have been really good. Derwin James has been just phenomenal. And I think Edmonds is going to be a really good player down the line. I mean, he's a really good player now, but I think, you know, we're talking pro bowler and everything. Uh, you could look at some of the other players, that Leighton Vandresh, the linebacker, from Boise State, who went to Dallas. Um, as far as the first round goes, there's... Oh, well. <laughs> the number 32 overall pick. The reigning league MVP, Lamar Jackson. So, yeah, we could have taken Lamar at 13 and not traded for Alex Smith, but... As always. So, anyway, we in the second round, we started out with the 44th pick. And... For a team that would not trade Alex Smith, I mean, excuse me, would not trade Kirk Cousins to the San Francisco 49ers, when it benefited us, we didn't mind trading with San Francisco. So we traded the 44th pick to San Francisco and went down to 59 and picked up a third-round pick. Like I said, it helped us, so it was okay. But when it, yeah, I know. It would have helped us if we had gotten the second overall pick. Of course, we may have messed that up. They may have taken Mitchell Trubisky, so... Uh, anyway, uh, there was a lot of reports that Carryon Johnson, the running back out of Auburn, who went 43 to the Lions, would have been the pick at 44. And once that happened, they, they just weren't interested anymore. So they traded down to 59, and they ended up picking up the, let's see, 74th pick. I think they ended up swapping a fifth-round pick somewhere along in there, too. Anyway, so they took Darius Geis at 59. Uh, notable players that went after that were... After Darius, at 61, DJ Chark, the wide receiver from LSU, who had a phenomenal year last year with Gardner Minshew. Um, Let's see. Not a whole lot there. (laughs) I guess the most, I mean, Michael Gallup, the wide receiver from Colorado. Well, we'll get to this. Uh, Mark Andrews, who's been a great tight end for the Ravens. He went 86. Orlando Brown, the tackle went 83rd of, yeah, with the 83rd pick. So you look at just those two players right there. If we had passed on Darius Geis at 59 and passed on Jerron Christian at 74, uh, we could have taken Orlando Brown Jr., who would have been our future left tackle, and probably, and Mark Andrews. And, you know, we needed a tight end then. We had, yeah, we had Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis, but both of them couldn't stay healthy. And, you know, but they were never, they were never looking to the future. It was all about now because they thought they were close and they weren't. So, and like I said, we would have had another third round pick if we hadn't traded for Alex. Uh, That whole draft, just think about it. Deron Payne hit, second round pick, Darius Geis off the roster. Deron Christian, third round pick, 74 overall, bust. Then our next pick was the 109th pick. We took safety. Troy Apke out of Penn State. Let's see who went after that. After him, that would have been good. Or better. Again, that wasn't a great draft. Looking at it. Nobody really jumps off in the fourth round. That would have been that much better. So, let me see. Who did we pick in the fifth round that year? We may not have had one. Oh, Tim Settle. He was a hit. 
But yeah, that draft was kind of a waste. But anyway, um, where was I? Oh, Darius Geis. So he's gone. Uh, we right now we have Adrian Peterson. We have J.D. McKissick. We have Peyton Barber. We have uh, last or the year before last, the 2019 fourth round pick. Uh, Bryce Love, who has supposedly been cleared to play, so we'll see if if we get half of uh, the player he was in college, then that's a hit. Uh, and we drafted Antonio Gibson, the running back slash receiver from Memphis. I call him a weapon uh, with the uh, 66, 66th pick in the 2020 NFL draft. So, like I said, great. I, I mean, there were other players I would have taken at that position, but... You know, knowing that the coaching staff, Carolina, I mean, uh, let me go back up. Uh, knowing that Rivera was not high on Geis and that Adrian Peterson is, what, 34, 35 years old, uh, it wasn't a total shock that they invested in two running backs in free agency and in one that could be a running back slash receiver um, in the third round of this draft. They, that's an important position in this offense. So, We'll see what happens with Gibson um, and with Peterson. I think Peterson will be the bell cow unless he gets hurt. Uh, but, I mean, I like the depth. I think that's one position where I can say, you know, if somebody gets hurt, I don't think the season's over. Like if McLaurin, if, if uh, Terry McLaurin gets hurt, I mean, what do we have as wide receiver? So, I mean, you know. But, yeah, as far as running backs go, I, I, I feel confident that's one of our best positions, especially on offense. Um while we're doing it, let me break. We'll go ahead and uh, break down the uh, rest of the draft since it led to Antonio Gibson. Uh, I, I think I mentioned before Chase Young, the number two overall pick, the only bright spot of a three and thirteen team last year. Uh, well, two bright spots: one we got rid of Bruce Allen, and one we were able to get Chase Young. Uh, no second round pick. The second round pick was traded the year before to move up to get Montez Sweat. I don't. I still don't. I, I'm not mad about that move because I felt like Sweat was a was um, worth the trade up. Look, if you know if you had known that you were going to give up the 34th pick and the I guess it was 49th pick, I think it was 46th pick. Um, yeah, you might not have made that trade, but hey. Um, so then we took Sadiq Charles, the offensive tackle from LSU, in the fourth round. Look, he's got some character issues. Yeah, he might be a little bit of a knucklehead, um, but if he can keep his head on straight. We may have our future left tackle at worst, maybe our future right tackle. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, Antonio Gandy-Golden, the big wide receiver out of Liberty, 6'4", 220. Um, really fortunate, I think, to get him where he fell in late fourth round. I think if this had been any other draft where the receivers weren't as deep, that he would have probably been a third round pick or at least a high fourth round pick. So we'll see, you know, coming from Liberty, you never know. I, I, I would keep an eye on him more 2021, but look, Terry McLaurin came out of nowhere last year and became a star for us. So, Hey, maybe we can hit on a second receiver in the mid rounds. Cause Heaven knows we missed on enough uh, high round picks. Looking at you, Josh Doxson, Malcolm Kelly, Devin Thomas. Uh, all right. Um, the fifth round pick that we got from San Francisco, we took Keith Ishmael, center guard, and Terry Lyman from San Diego State, 6'3, 
310 pounds. Look, I think Chase Ruiz is going into his last year, if, if I remember right. Yeah, on contract. We have Pierce Berger from last year. Good depth. I mean, I'm for depth. I mean, and we don't know what's going to happen with Brandon Sheriff going forward. That was the other big offseason move. We franchised him, and I wish that they could have gotten a deal done, but I think he wanted to see how he fit in this system, and I think Rivera wanted to see how he fit in his system. So can't hold that against him. Um, we took Kalik Hudson, the linebacker out of Michigan in the fifth round. Uh, and then two seventh-round picks, Cameron Curl, safety out of Arkansas, and James Smith-Williams, defensive end out of NC State. Look, if I had to guess, those two are probably practice squad players. So you're kind of looking at just um, six players that may make the roster of this draft, maybe five, but we'll see. Uh, let's look at the players that were available when they made some of these picks. All right, obviously Chase Young, no-brainer. Now, look, if Tua goes on to be a quarterback, Tua ends up going to be going on to be a Hall of Famer. Yeah, we might kick ourselves, but again, Chase Young, best player in the draft, best player to come along this position in recent years, and you just invested the fifteenth overall pick in Dwayne Haskins. So I feel like it was. I feel like I feel like they get a pass on this. You know, if Burrow had been there, that would have been something totally different, but. And, you know, if you go back and they lost one of those meaningless games, you know, to Miami or Detroit or Carolina, we would have had the number one overall pick. And then things would have really gotten interesting. I think we would have probably traded down, would have went to five. The Dolphins would have come up and got Burrow. And then we would have taken a, either an offensive tackle or Isaiah Simmons or if Okuda or Young somehow fell there, you know. And then we would have had the 18th pick and – you know, maybe you get your pass rusher there with Calavon Chase on. If 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 little if if hands and butts were candy and nuts, we'd all have a Merry Christmas. So, you know. <laughs> but anyway, so total no brainer for me, Chase Young at two. Didn't have a second round pick because of the onto the sweat trade. Um then we had the sixty sixth pick and I mentioned Antonio Gibson weapon out of Memphis. Uh there were some players there that I was that I would have considered uh, before Gibson. Uh, the two that jump out to me were Zach Bond, the linebacker out of Wisconsin, and the offensive tackle. Um, what is his name escaping me? Josh Jones, the t- uh, the tackle from Houston, who Carolina took at seventy two. Those were the two big players. There was a third player that I thought would it would have been a little high, so I would. I would have hoped that they could have moved down, and he ended up going a lot farther down than I thought he would. But I was really high, and I had a thir- high third-round grade on Adam Troutman, the tight end from Dayton. Um, I don't know if he'll transition to the NFL like I think he would. I mean, if others thought that, but yeah, he ended up going like way later. So, um, so then our next pick was the second pick in the fourth round, and we took Sadiq Charles. Uh, two players that I was keeping an eye on were Josh Simpson who went the to the next to the Raiders with the next pick. Uh, John Simpson, the guard out of Clemson. And I would have brought him in I would have picked him before Charles. Uh, but we needed a tackle one, we needed a guard, so I totally understand that. And then I was kinda high on Harrison Bryant, the tight end from FAU. Um considering how few picks we have, I'm glad we didn't waste one on a quarterback. Now if you wanted to take one in the seventh round Okay, but uh, so yeah, then we took 
Gandy Golden with the 142nd pick in the fourth round. Again, who would you have taken? I mean, Tyler Badaz, the center from Wisconsin who went to the Cowboys, maybe. Um, there was someone else I was high on. Who was it? I'm looking down my list. Bear with me, folks. No, I can't find him now. Anyway, uh, so yeah, no-brainer no there, I feel. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, so this player ended up going a lot farther down than I thought. I would have taken K.J. Hill in the fifth round. And he ended up falling to the seventh round. K.J. Hill, wide receiver, Ohio State. I felt like we hit last year on one, so I was kind of hoping we would hit on another one. But, yeah, to fall to the Chargers at 220 in the seventh round, we could have had him at 216 when we took Cameron Curl, so... Uh, and yeah, we didn't have a sixth round pick that went in the uh, trade for Case Keenum. You know, we needed a veteran quarterback. Can't can't uh, fault that pick. Uh, so yeah, I would have taken Hill in the fifth round before I would have taken either of the two players that we we took. And then in the seventh round, uh, there were two players that I really liked, and we actually ended up getting one of them in free agency. But first, the the first player I really liked was. Eno Benjamin, the running back of Arizona State. I felt like he would have been a good fit here and would have been a great value. And then the player that I really wanted in the seventh round that they didn't take was Thaddeus Moss, and we ended up getting him in free agency, undrafted free agents. So, look, I could be totally wrong about this kid, but I think he's going to be a starter down the line, or at least a contributor. And maybe it's not even with the Redskins or Washington, but... um, yeah, I was really high on him, so we'll see what happens there. All right, so that ends the draft. Uh, I was going to, when I mentioned Darius Geis, I mean, you just look at some of the second-round picks, though. Like, we didn't have one this year. We didn't have one last year because we used that to trade up to get sweat. Uh, Geis was the year before. Um, Ryan Anderson, who hasn't been great, but, I mean, we have to dra- we ended up drafting sweat because of Anderson. Didn't become a star. Uh, Sue Cravens. You know, Preston Smith was probably the best second round pick we've had in years, and we let him walk for nothing. And he went on to be have a great season in Green Bay. So yeah, I mean, if we had had a second round pick this year, who knows? We may have wasted it. But uh, if we had had our original second round pick, number thirty four overall, I mean, there were guys like Pittman and Swift and McKinney, guys that could have come in and been major contributors. Cole Clement tied in from Notre Dame, Anton Antoine, Antoine, Antoine Winfield Jr., the safety from Minnesota. I mean, there were there were guys there that could have, if we'd had the pick, would have helped. But hey, can't look back. All right, so the two big stories, and then I'm going to get to predictions. Um, but the two big stories, obviously, this offseason were, well, three. Um, COVID. COVID changed you know how they did training camp and mini camps and everything like that everything's pretty much been canceled um look the season's supposed to start i think what a month from sunday uh, still on schedule uh it was announced today that there will be no fans in attendance for the eight washington home games so i feel bad for the 20 people that would have went but hey um it is what it is uh Oh, hello. Um, so, the two big stories, obviously. And let me get to the... You know, I don't want to say one of them is more important than the other. So, I'm just going to start with what happened first. Um, 
in 2020, and I don't like to get political, but everything's political now. We, how do I put this? Anything that anybody found offensive had to go. And that's not right, but it's the world we live in. So if you ever did anything wrong and they could prove it, they were going to come after you. That's the way it was, or the way it's been. And with social injustices and things going on in the world, I mean in the country, uh, they decided to turn it their attention after one thing led to another to the Washington Redskins name. And look, there have been people like Mike Florio and Mike Wise and that jerk on first take um, that have been after this for years. And they've taken quite the victory lap. They've hurt themselves by patting. They've uh, hurt their shoulders and backs from patting themselves on the back so much. Um, and look, I said it on the Shooting the Bull episode. You know, I, I hope I get invited to the parade. You know, I want to see them get their uh, awards and their medals and their capes and everything because, I mean, they're true heroes. I mean, you know, there are people without jobs right now. There are people who don't know how they're going to pay the electric bill, don't know how they're going to pay the rent, don't know um, really where their next meal's coming from, you know, um, there's a virus going around, I'm not sure if y'all heard that there's no cure for, you know, things like that, you know, things not near as important as the Redskins name, um, but they are heroes because they got it changed, and I mean, I'm just so proud of them, and I, I mean, I'm sure their families are. And you know, when when they pass, hopefully, you know, a hundred years from now, because um, I hope they live long, healthy lives. I'm not going to get personal and attack anybody like that, uh, but I hope it's on their tombstones. You know that you know their biggest accomplishment was they helped lead a team to change their name. I mean, you know, heroes, and. Um, you know, I applaud them, and uh, yeah, I hope I get invited to the parade because you know that's something I want to be at. We need to celebrate these people. These are true heroes. You know, not the doctors, not the first responders, not um, people who are risking their lives every day uh, during this virus. You know, no talking heads who use their platform to uh, constantly talk bad about the Redskins' name. And as someone who comes from an Indian background, I mean, bloodline. The name never offended me. It never offended anyone in my family. And I just think this is ludicrous. I think it's dumb. And I think if things hadn't happened this year, if between um, the, how do I put this? If a one dumb bad cop hadn't done the wrong thing, we I don't think my team's name would have changed. I'm just going to put it, th- leave it at that. It was a, it was a, Travesty, what happened, but that's when everything went crazy. And um, I don't, I talked to a friend who happens to be black, and he said, Man, dude, I, we wanted justice for a man who was murdered. We didn't want my team's name changed. <laughs> and, you know, he, he was, I, I feel for him. I feel it. You know, it's, I, I'm still sad about it because 
my memories aren't of Washington football team established 1932. My memories are of the Washington Redskins. And even though a lot of them are bad, um, I'll never forget the 2012 season. I'll never forget the year Kirk took us to the playoffs. I'll never forget the run Joe Gibbs went on with the team his final year when we lost Sean Taylor. I'll never forget those memories. And I just, no matter what the team ends up being called, they can't take those memories away from me. And it's sad that with everything going on in the world, that this is the thing that was the big uproar. (laughs) So it's over. They've retired the Redskins name. They're now the Washington football team until they get a name. Is it going to be Red Wings? Is it going to be Red Wolves? Is it going to be Warriors? I don't know. Of those three, I would go Red Wolves just because there's you know no Wolves, anything in the league. Uh, I don't like Warriors because there's already a Warriors pro team. Uh, Red Tails doesn't do anything for me. Red Wings, I think I said Red Wings. I meant Red Tails. But uh, yeah, I'm not not excited about any of the names. But uh, I don't know. Red Wolves would have been better than calling them the Washington football team. But in July when this happened, there was no way legally that they were going to be able to change the name. So, uh, like right now, I not that I'm going out anywhere, but if I wear my Redskin jersey, if I wear my Redskin hoodie, if I wear my Redskin t-shirt, if I wear my Redskin hat, am I going to be called a racist? I mean, hopefully you're close enough to say it when you do it so I can cough on you, but uh, I'm kidding. I wouldn't do that to anyone. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. And, like, look, I, I I did look up a hat recently. $32. I'm not paying $32 for a hat that says Washington. Because one thing, I am not a supporter of Washington. Um, that I found more offensive than Redskins, but it is what it is. And then the... I would say more important story of the two, even though the name meant more to me, um, was obviously the allegations that I mentioned early on from 15 women who were in the Washington Post story that were assaulted or um, just, you know, I don't even know how to put it. Was it shocking? No. Was it sad? Yes. I feel for any of those women that happened to that, you know, man or woman, you shouldn't have to go through things like that. And uh, I'm glad that the Redskins fired everybody that was involved or Washington fired everyone that was involved. There were a lot of rumors going around when this happened of stories that were going to come out. And yeah, I want Dan Snyder to sell the team, but I'm thankful that those things that rumored weren't true. I'm glad that it weren't. I'm glad that Jay Gruden and, um, I don't forgot the running back's name. I'm glad they weren't sleeping with the same cheerleader. (laughs) And then he wasn't getting playing time because of it. I mean, I'm not going to go into some of the rumors because they were just sick. Uh, and they were made up. A lot of them were made up just because they wanted Snyder to sell. And, you know, I want him to sell too, but you know, what if what if Snyder was your father or uncle or grandfather or brother or son? I mean, would you want those things said about you that were so far, I mean, out of line? I mean, yeah, we can say that Snyder hasn't been a good owner. We can say he's made bad moves. We can say he's not a good person. But some of the things that him and some of the other people 
and the uh, on the, in the organization were being rumored about some of the things that the rumors were flying about uh, would make the devil blush. So I'm thankful that that didn't happen. But uh, and look, we don't know what's going to happen. Snyder may end up getting really mad over this. Look, if if Rivera doesn't work. Who knows, the league might step in and say, you're going through too many coaches, you're not run well, uh, we're going to make you sell. Who knows? I don't know. But And who knows, we might find out in December that Snyder has sold the team because he didn't want to change the name. I doubt it, but stranger things have happened. And look, this is 2020. Anything can happen. Uh, and then the uh, with all these allegations and things, we ended up uh, saying goodbye to the voice of the Redskins, uh, Larry Michael. Um, never been a huge fan of his. Look, I didn't hate the guy. Nothing against him. Um, just some of the stuff I had heard kind of rubbed me wrong, and uh, he's gone. Um, I mean, this some of the things I'd heard before. Um, but I know he's a fan of the team. I know he bleeds burgundy and gold, and you hate that that had to happen. Um, what I really hate that had to happen is this led to a full on change in the radio booth, and we lost Chris Cooley and Doc Walker. And those two are two of the best, in my opinion. And I hate to see them go, and I wish that... I wish they could have kept them. And I don't listen to the radio as much as I used to. Um, it used to be I, would, I wouldn't I would get to leave church until like 1, one fifteen. so there were a lot of times I would listen to the game for, you know, 15 minutes it took to get home. But... Uh, and some nights I would I would turn some night games I would turn the uh, I would mute the TV and listen to the radio. But uh, I don't know if I'm going to do that now. Uh, it was announced that uh, Julie Donald John, Julie Donaldson, who I think a lot of, is going to be in charge of the booth, and uh, Bram Weinstein and D'Angelo Hall are going to join her. Um, D'Angelo Hall just a couple weeks ago said that he wished he hadn't signed with the Redskins and took less money and went to New England. So that's not sitting well with Redskins Nation. But, I mean, look, if we're all honest, if we had all had the chance to go win a Super Bowl with New England for a few less dollars, or not to us, but to him, uh, maybe we would have. So I'm not going to hold that against him too much. And look, D'Angelo likes to talk. Um, That's how he got this job. So, uh, you know, I take some of what he says with, with a grain of salt, but, um, with Bram, I'll be honest with you. I liked him when he was on ESPN as a anchor, like on ESPN news and stuff. I didn't listen to his radio show very often. Um, in fact, I've probably listened to 20 minutes in the last four years and I'll tell you why. Um, nothing against him. Don't know him, but, I remember after the last election, and like I said, I don't like to get political, but sometimes you have to. Um, With NASCAR, with the NFL, with the Redskins especially, and with Star Wars and things like that, those are my escapes. And when I tune into a sports show, I would like to hear, especially in November, I would like to hear you talk about the football team, the basketball team, the hockey team any baseball rumors or anything that's going on, things like that. And after the last election, Brian was hosting a morning show and they made it all about the election. If you wanted to call in and vent, if you were mad, do so. 
I quit listening then. I didn't listen to a whole lot then because I was more of a Grant and Danny fan. But that just rubbed me wrong. And because I just feel like if you, you know, you have your Twitter, you have your podcast, you have your this, that, the other YouTube channel, whatever you have, use that as your format, not your sports show. And I have zero respect for any, um, NFL podcasts, NFL shows, sports shows that make it all about politics. I don't listen. If I wanted to listen to you talk about politics, there'd be other ways to do it. I tune in to listen to you talk about sports. I tune in to Star Wars podcasts to listen to people talk about Star Wars. Not your political views. Not if you hate this person or that person. I need an escape from this real world sometimes. And when I'm at work and I want to listen to a sports show, I don't want to hear you bash whoever the president is. It's just not for me. And just like the same thing here in a few or a couple months. I don't. Whoever wins should not affect the sports show, but it will with some of them. And, you know, something I really appreciate some of the fan shows. I mean, they don't get into politics as bad. Um, So anyway, uh, would I have went with Bram and D'Angelo? No. Who would I have went with? I would have kept Cooley and Doc, and I would have hired Grant Paulson from 106.7 The Fan. Grant has done play-by-play in the past, and not with NFL, but, I mean, I think it was the XFL and, or the Arena League. Anyway, uh, he would have been a perfect voice. They could have He could have been there forever. Um, so, who knows? And look, we don't know how long this will last. Maybe... Maybe they're going to. For I had the thought this evening that maybe, maybe when Alex Smith retires, he's going to end up in the booth. So we'll see. But uh, yeah, so that's kind of the big um, off-season news. I mean, I mean, every, I mean, just look. I mean, compared to some teams, we've had coaching change, front office change, COVID, free agency, the draft. Name change, scandal, booth change. I mean, what what else could happen? Uh, I was kind of looking at, like, what, what, is there any other trades or anything that could happen? Um, the only other thing that could happen that would send would be a big story compared to other league stories would be if they sign if the if Washington signs Antonio Brown and look he's been suspended the first eight games um Antonio has a relationship with Dwayne and I uh if the team was how do I put this if this wasn't Rivera's first year and he wasn't getting everything under control I, I would say let's bring him in but considering what Antonio has been accused of Considering everything else that's gone on with the organization, I just don't think he's a fit right now. Uh, I look back. I know some people wanted us to trade for DeAndre Hopkins or Stephon Diggs. We didn't have the picks to do it. I mean, the 66th pick wasn't going to do it. You weren't going to trade a 2021 first-round pick, and you weren't going to give the number two overall pick up. So they're receiving the re- – Receivers that were available for trades just weren't in the cards for us this year. Now, if we'd had the 34th pick, maybe. But, um, yeah, so there wasn't a lot available in free agency. So, I mean, what were we supposed to do? So, going forward, I I, I have high hopes for Dwayne Haskins. I'm rooting for this guy. I, I want him to succeed. I want him to be our future quarterback. I want him to get to a second contract because 
we don't give quarterback second contracts uh, around here, especially the ones we've drafted. So I hope it works out. I hope that he's the guy. I hope he um, makes the team around. I mean, I hope he makes the players around him better. Uh, I have high hopes for Terry McLaurin. I have high hopes for, um, well, I had high hopes for Kelvin Harmon, but he's out for the year with ACL. I have high hopes for Steven Sims Jr., for Antonio Gandy-Golden. Maybe Cam Sims or Trey Quinn can stay healthy and contribute. Uh, I have high hopes for the uh, for, for Thaddeus Moss. I hope Sadiq Charles can be our left tackle of the future. I hope Wes Martin can be our left guard of the future. I hope we can get Sheriff under contract. I hope that Bryce Love can come back healthy. I hope Gibson's good. But all this is hoping, and I don't know what's going to happen. But I'm, I'm very high on Dwayne Haskins, and I just hope it works out. I hope that we, I hope that next offseason we are focused on I hope we go in next into next offseason with we know Dwayne's our quarterback. Now we're going to go out here and get him a receiver and tight end free agency or the draft, and then we will um, be ready to rock and maybe contend for a playoff spot, especially with the seventh seed in each conference. I mean, maybe I don't think we're going to sneak in this year, but maybe next year. Uh, as far as the defense goes, we are we switched to a four three. We are three deep at defensive tackle, and we are three deep at defensive end. Some could argue four deep at defensive end. We have Matt Ioannidis, Jonathan Allen, and Deron Payne at defensive tackle. We also have Tim Settle. So I feel like we're, we're four deep at both of those positions, at D-tackle and D-end. At D-end, we have obviously Chase Young. We have Ryan Kerrigan. We have Montez Sweat. And we have Ryan Anderson. So, I mean, as far as a defensive line goes, I don't know if there's one better in the league. Or definitely not one as deep. And look, injuries are going to happen. And with this... With no preseason and with training camp all messed up, and there are going to be a lot of players hurt week one or week two. And you hope you obviously you don't root for injuries, but if Jonathan Allen or Drum Payne or Matt Ioannidis gets hurt, well, we still are deep. Same thing if Kerrigan gets hurt, we're still deep. So I don't know. I mean, I've haven't seen a defensive line that talented in a while, and with Rivera and. Jack Del Rio, I feel like this guy could be the limit for that line. Uh, as far as linebackers go, not as high, but we've had some we've had some uh, good news with Ruben Foster being cleared. It looks like he's going to be able to compete for a starting spot. Uh, Cole Holcomb as well. They like Bostick and they like Davis. So I mean, there's there's talent there. We just don't know. There was talent on the team last year, and we saw where that got us. Uh, the secondary is a question mark. I'm a little bit higher on the secondary than some people. Kendall Fuller, Ronald Darby, Fabian Monroe, and Jimmy Moreland. It's not the worst set of corners in the league. Uh, as far as safety goes, if Sean Davis can stay healthy and Landon Collins can stay healthy, that's a pretty good one, too. I would have liked to seen someone else brought in at free safety, but hey. Um, and then, of course, the backups, Everett and Reeves and Apke, maybe. So, I don't know. Um and, of course, we welcome back our special teams, Sunberg, Dustin, Nick Sunberg, Dustin Hopkins, and Tress Way. So, look, there's talent here. There's a lot of young talent here. And I feel like we have a good coaching staff. I would have hired a different offensive coordinator. I may have kept Kevin O'Connell. But they went with a with Scott Turner, who's familiar with Rivera, so I, I can't fault him there. Uh, man, I'm almost 
out of time. Uh, let's get to the schedule. Week one, they open up Philadelphia at home to Philadelphia. Week two at Arizona. Week three at Cleveland. Week four at home to Baltimore. Week five home to the Rams. Week six at the Giants. Week seven at home to Dallas. Week nine, so they get the bye week, week eight. Week nine home to the Giants. Week 10 at the Lions. Week 11 home to Cincinnati. To the Bengals. Uh, week 12 Thanksgiving game at Dallas. Uh, Pittsburgh on December 6th at Pittsburgh. Uh, San Francisco then. So three, ooh, three games in a row on the road against Dallas, Pittsburgh, and San Francisco. Against Seattle at home against Carolina, and then we end the season at Philadelphia. Okay, I'm going to look at the schedule as the quarterbacks are healthy and impacted the roster. Because look, if Two days before the opener, Carson Wentz tests positive for COVID. I feel a lot more confident about that game. So I'm going by health. If healthy, week one, loss. If healthy, week two, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray second season. DeAndre, um, I can't believe I'm forgetting this guy's name. Hang on. How did I forget this guy's name? Because we were interested. If he had become a free agent, we were supposedly really interested in signing him. I can't believe it. Kenyon Drake. Um, yeah, like I said, the team was going to be interested in him if he had become a free agent. He's with Arizona. I mean, look what Arizona's got. Just Kyler Murray, Kenyon Drake, DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, and some guy named Larry Fitzgerald. That team could be scary. Uh, Cleveland. Week three, they're better than us, I think. So, loss. Baltimore, loss. Rams could be a sneaky sneaky one. We'll see. Uh, I say toss-up there. Giants, toss-up. Loss to Dallas. That team is just too talented. Uh, toss-up game against the Giants. I think if Stafford's healthy, the Lions will beat us. Toss-up game against the Bengals, even though I think they're going to be improved. Look, Thanksgiving at Dallas, anything can happen. I'll give a toss-up there. Then I think we're looking at three losses against Pittsburgh. San Francisco and Seattle. Uh, Carolina's rebuilding. Who knows what the situation will be there. They could be really improved. They could be positioning for the number one overall pick. I'll give that a toss-up. And then Philadelphia could have already locked up the division or locked up a playoff spot, so they might not be playing hard. Here here we go. Best-case scenario, I look at this team and say, best case, 5-11, Worst case. Two and fourteen, three and thirteen. My prediction: Rivera, Del Rio, and that defense are going to help. I believe Haskins going to take a step forward. However, I do not believe there's enough talent, and I do not believe. I mean, and I believe that the schedule is going to be too hard. My prediction for the 2020 Washington football team. Is four and twelve, and if we see growth from Dwayne Haskins, if that defensive line plays good, if some of the offensive linemen, young guys, can step up, maybe six and ten. But I just feel like the next year, and look, no one can blame. No one's going to blame if this team goes zero and sixteen with everything that's going on this off season. Yeah, we'll be disappointed as fans, but anything's possible right now. So just between COVID and 
the uncertainty with every team, I feel like 4-12 and is probably where we're at. We're going to lose a game that we shouldn't lose, and we're going to win a game we shouldn't win. And I just feel like I think we could split with the Giants. I think we could split with Dallas. I think we could beat Carolina, and I think we could beat the Rams. Maybe the Bengals. And then again, like I said, Philadelphia at the end of the year. But again, we'll see. Predictions going forward. I think this will be Ryan Kerrigan's last year. I think it's possible. Uh, they turned down a trade last year with the Ravens at the deadline. Supposedly, they turned they turned down a third round pick for from the Ravens for Kerrigan. Uh, I, there's a possibility, I guess, that he could get traded at the deadline. Uh, but yeah, there's not a lot of players I would want to deal at the deadline, if, even if you're zero and eight or whatever. But yeah, so my prediction is that we'll. We'll see growth from Dwayne Haskins. We'll see growth from some of the young offensive players. The defensive line will be really good. The secondary will be a question mark. And 4-12. and 12. And then we go into next year. If we have a high pick, which we will have a high pick, um, and we know we have a quarterback, then you can tw- – you can uh, what's the word? Trade that pick. I wouldn't trade, but uh, shop that pick. And – you can go in with a bunch of cap room, which they do. They have a ton of cap space next year. You go in, you get a receiver, you get a tight end, you get a safety or a corner, and then maybe next year you take the step to 8-8, eight 9-7, and eight, nine and seven, and you flirt with that seventh seed. Or if the NFC East is bad, maybe you flirt with the division. Anyway, the season will be here, like I said, in about a month. This has been the craziest offseason ever for a football team, I believe. And I'm sad that I don't I, that I can't root for the Redskins anymore. That I have to root for the Washington Football Team. But they're my team. I've stuck through them. I've stuck through just terrible situations with them. So I'll stick with them for now. Um, is my heart in it as much? No. Uh, but my heart wasn't in it as much last year. So thanks for listening uh, to my to me ramble about the Redskins slash Washington Football Team and. Go through everything that went on in the off season and some predictions and four and twelve growth from some of the players that we need to see and next year between the draft, free agency, and just players taking another step forward in their second and third year. I think twenty twenty one could be our year. So thanks for listening. Uh, this might be the last time I say this on the radio on the radio on the podcast, and that's hail to the Redskins. <laughs>